Welcome to Monsters Football Night in Chicago. You are tuned into Draft Central on Chicago's fastest growing and most fun sports podcast, Chicago Sports Podcast, Monsters of the Rock Madhouse, brought to you by TC's World of Wonders, budget, budget cars, and Chicagoland's most delicious new ice cream parlor, Serendipity. Thank you for joining us, friends, tonight for an action-packed information overload night of excellent sports talk. Let's meet our all-star panel tonight of the Monsters. We have got the great American football fan and host of Louisville's number one afternoon drive uh, country radio show, show on Q103.1 FM, Matt the Coopman Cooper, also the mad scientist and executive producer of Monsters of the Madhouse, Brandon Tracks Hyatt, Antley Campbell, also known as the man with the slowest 40-yard dash time in America. Fellas, how we doing tonight, guys? Doing pretty good. Good, guys. Tonight, we our special guest to start off the show tonight is a shooting star whose popularity and following is rising faster than the sun. With just with over ten thousand subscriptions and three million views in just under a year, the Swiss Network has become the go-to and trusted breaking news resource for Chicago Bears fans the world over. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome to the Monsters Hot, hot Seat. The one and only Swifty of the Swifty Sports Network. Swifty, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight, man? It's good to it's good to be here. Uh, that intro, I don't know what to say after that. I see Kellen Davis is here. What's up, Kellen? What's up, Kellen? Hey, Kellen, the former Bears star, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. Um, Swifty, so much to talk with you tonight. And friends, if you're watching at home, please send your uh, send your text. Please uh, send your uh, questions for Swifty. We'll try to get as many answered as we can as time allows. Um, let's start off with the story of this of this explosive new sports network. Swifty, can you take our, our audience through, uh, as a kid, when did you first fall in love with sports? And can you remember the moment that you knew you wanted to make covering football your, your career passion? Ooh, I mean, I've always wanted to do something in football growing up. The first thing I remember loving was watching Barry Sanders and Walter Payton run the football. I mean, I grew up just loving football. I've always watched it. I had an uncle who was a MLB scout. I was never as into baseball, but he kind of taught me, gave me some scouting reports and taught me what to look for when, when watching football. So I'm not just an average fan. You know, I wanted to know more about the game I played, but it was sometime after we drafted Justin Fields where I just got tired of my whole life growing up, listening to the national media narratives and nobody out there really digging into the real Chicago bears stories. And I just didn't want to hear those same stories over and over again. I mean, no one's going to stop them. You still hear it this off season, people saying trade Justin Fields, he's a running back, but they're just, they're just lazy takes. And I think, there's a lot of Bears fans out there that are really hungry to hear good analysis and they're tired of the national media, just lazy narratives from people that don't really follow the team. That's that's the biggest issue is most of the people on the national media, they don't follow the Bears. So they, they just make things up and say things for clicks and fans want to hear real detailed coverage of their team. I mean, there's a lot of fans out there that they want to hear Bears talk 365 days a year like they think about it all year there's only 16 games so they want good coverage of their team yeah yeah 
and you've obviously struck an amazing chord with with your audience. When you launched this yesterday, year less than a year ago, could you have ever imagined that you would grow this fast this soon? No way, man. I mean, I, I think my goal was um, I wanted to do it a lot for a year because I mean, COVID granted me the opportunity to work from home, so. Um, I was able to have a lot of free time. I work at home. I'm at my computer anyway. I can research. I can do other things. So I, I wanted to get a thousand subs after a year. I, I I smashed that in like a couple of weeks and was like, holy cow. And since then, I've just been doing my best I can. But it's something I've always done. Like the things I do, like anytime the Bears have ever drafted or signed someone, I go and watch their college tape and try to learn as much about a player as I can just to be a better fan. Like I remember when Kellen Davis was drafted in the fifth round, like I think it was, it was a couple years after 2006. Um, so I want to say 2008. Is that, is that yeah. that's it? Okay. Okay. And, um, but I, I remember anytime we draft somebody, I mean, I go watch tape on them. Um, sometimes it doesn't work out like you think. I mean, but you still try to be a fan. Like when we drafted Mitch Trubisky, I wasn't happy. I actually broke my phone. I slammed it against the wall, but I still went and watched every throw he made at North Carolina and wanted him to be good because as a fan, if you draft a player, you still want him to succeed because we all we really want is the Bears to win a Super Bowl. I think that's 99% of what Bears fans want. There's that 1% that's going to be miserable no matter what, but other than that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, it, we are a, a family. We are a nation the world over, and you are definitely connecting with them. Um, you're also fresh home from that covering the NFL co combine where there are a lot of breakout stars, uh, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, uh, Georgia's edge rushers, Nolan Smith, and Robert Beal. Um, from, from your viewpoint, point of it, Swifty, did anybody break out in your eyes with their performance and possibly specifically put themselves on the Bears draft radar for April? One of those guys you actually mentioned him was Nolan Smith was a guy who was he's kind of view, was viewed as a tweener before that. Most mock drafts had him as a late first round guy. Some people had him in the second round after he ran a four three nine. And you go back and watch his tape and he, he's been an awesome edge rusher at Georgia. He's played all over the field and he's a guy you see now creeping into the top 10 at mock drafts and. He's a guy that could get into Ryan Pohl's bucket of players because when he talks about moving down, there's going to be about seven to ten players that he identifies worth taking. And it's possible that Nolan Smith could end up being one of those guys after his combine performance. We know Pohl's loves athleticism. so You know, when you're down there for the combine, I got a combine question in general because yeah. you're down there watching the athletes, the, the, the trying to – impress everybody to get drafted but is it more so a lot of talk with the gm like when you were down there and your overall vibe did you find it like yourself like hearing more about what the gm's trying to meet with each other about potential free agency starting did you get more of that or did you get more of the combine or did you get a little bit of both i spent more time just as much time as i could scouting the players like there was exposure to the players you could you could talk to the players they were only you know five six feet away from you most of the time you could run into players I spent as much time as I go with the players. The Bears, like the GMs and stuff, were kind of walled off from where I was. I mean, you could still run into them. I saw I saw a couple of GMs at St. Elmo's a few times and Courtney Cronin and, you know, a bunch of people over there having dinner. But 
Uh, didn't really get to hear anything about the GMs, but those were the rumors that were going around. Like that's all Rich Eisen was talking about. And the GMs were busy. I mean, this is the time they're waking up in the morning, meeting with players. They're then meeting with agents. They're then meeting with other GMs, talking trades, laying out the parameters. So most of that only gets to like the really inside guys. I, I didn't get any of that info. Yeah, like you said, uh, go go ahead, Trax. Did did you get to see like any uh, connection where like a Bears uh, scout or even the general manager would, like walk over and talk to a a, a potential you know uh, Bears uh, future uh, rookie or whatever um, you know maybe like laughing or something where you just got a feeling like yeah he's for sure gonna go after him or anything like that. Just I saw that. I saw that a lot at the senior bowl. You don't really okay. see that at the draft because the scouts aren't really the ones down on the field. Um, the okay. scouts are up in the press box with Ryan Poles and oh, oh. Poles, Eberflus and Cunningham set right next to each other the whole time, like all three of those guys. And that's one of the things that impressed me that um, actually Kellen Davis might be able to delve a little bit deeper in this because this is a question I have for him actually is because I've never seen this from a head coach. Eberflus is writing up scouting reports on every single player at the combine and doing it for every player in free agency. And did, when you were in the NFL, Kellen, did you have a head coach that that did that? Like, no, uh, that's not, that's not typical. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I thought about it. Like it's, he's going above and beyond. And I mean, it's not that Ryan Poles needs him to do that but just the effort that he's going to collaborate with polls and say, look, you guys are doing all your scouting, but then I'm going to write up my own report and tell you how this guy would fit in my system. And he didn't just do it for offense. He did it for offense, defense, special teams. Like that, that's crazy. I think Eberflus is going to another level. And that, that was probably my most impressive take from the combine. Yeah, it's, it's incredible what, and just the, the work that they're doing, um, how diligent uh, the, the entire Bears uh, staff has been about this. We have a, a, a viewer uh, as a question of uh, what second and third day potential picks, Swifty, do you think the Bears might, based on what they saw at the combine, might be interested in? Did you see some guys, maybe some obviously second or third day sleepers there that might have worked their way onto the Bears radar as well? Um, I think they they found a lot of those guys at the Senior Bowl. Um, yeah. There were some linebackers that uh, like Cervakia Dennis and Isaiah Land that um, you could tell that um, even Luke Getze had a real, real fond of. He spoke so highly. I'm um, even Aubrey Miller from Jackson State. As far as at the combine, um, I, I I think the biggest take they really like John Michael Schmitz. I believe the center. And he had a bad combine, which in my opinion was good because he was, if he would have came out and blew up the combine, he was going to go in the first round and probably take himself out of our range. I think now he should be a day two guy. Um, Day three, the biggest takeaway is if you're looking for a day three guy, pass rusher, like there's so many pass rushers, someone's going to slip. There's so many there that not all those guys are going to go in the second and third round. And the Bears are setting with that first pick in round four. That's when you're going to kick off day three, right? So you got the first round, day one, round two and three, day two. And then that's when you go home overnight 
scout the board and you come back the next day and have that first pick and that's when they're going to be able to reset right there and find a player that probably shouldn't be there yeah. folks you are watching monsters of the madhouse with swifty of the swift sports network um we also have uh our good friend the former uh bear star kellen davis kellen can we get your your thoughts on what, what swifty was just talking about from a player's perspective you know you go in the fifth round everything's out of your control when you were preparing for the draft when you were meeting with teams and when you were running your workouts what is basically all you can do on your end as a player is try to present yourself as well as you can to show showcase your skills to teams of why you would be an asset for them uh yeah i mean you want to go out shine yourself up and look as pretty as you can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the plan yeah that's them look good doing it you know it's it's not rocket science it's kind of like uh you know it's like it's like kind of like the cow is kind of like choosing cattle you know like you you gotta look good and you gotta move well and all that stuff, but it it's tough for players because the combine's a, a slog. Most of the time, you're either in medical, getting MRI for things for a hangnail that you had in seventh grade. And <laughs> like seriously, like I probably went through probably six or seven MRIs and CT scans when I was there about stuff that I didn't even know I hurt. So. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. So you spend an awful lot of time doing all that. And then in between that, you're kind of like meeting with all the coaches or, you know, like players don't really meet with the GMs, but you'll sometimes you'll meet with a head coach or offensive coordinator and stuff like that. And they will have you draw stuff up, throw it up on, on the board and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's a lot of head work and a lot of um, kind of having patience to make it through that. And then, you know, like Saturday rolls around, you, they just kick you out in the field like, go ahead, go run. <laughs> run real fast now after this whole long week we've had you here yeah. i've been trying to catch workouts in the hotel in between meetings <laughs> it's crazy yeah did Definitely. you ever did kellen did you ever when you were at the combine too did you ever when you were talking about when you're meeting with the coaches and stuff did you ever run across like a coach where obviously you're gonna run some that that really stick out to you but some are like oh crap man this guy's kind of intimidating uh i don't I, I, I agree with what he says, but I, I don't know if I could play for him or not. Did that ever go through your mind too with some of them? Um, not the like some guys take like that kind of hard tech like approach, kind of like, well, you know, they'll put something up or ask you some hard questions and then like they'll just kind of look at you for an answer. And it's like, you know, they kind of skip like the pleasantries. Like those those types, you're always kind of like, eh. I don't know if I want to be in the building with, with this all day, every day, because that's what football is, you know. But I remember, uh, I think, I think Romeo Cornell was still head coach at the time when I came on the combine, and I I liked I liked him a lot in our meeting. I sat with him for like an hour, an hour and a half in the meeting, and uh, I really walked away from that meeting thinking he was, you know, a really good coach and just a genuine dude. Um, I tell you what, Swifty, Kellen, Coop, uh, you tracks. Obviously, we're hearing a thousand rumors a day, Swifty. I can only imagine how many rumors come across your desk as you analyze the Bears and where they're sitting on the draft. Um, you know, from right now, what do you think – what is the best deal that you think has good le 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 levity to it where there's some truth to it? What's the best deal that you've heard that's been thrown at Ryan Foles for the number one pick? For the number one pick? I mean, I, I think Rich Eisen is obviously a guy that – it's obviously lion season, so you can't you gotta take everything with a grain of salt. But 
when you take his words and then you listen to Ryan Pohl's press conference and then you listen to other reports around the league, it sounds like he set clear parameters for what he wanted for the number one pick. And that was if he's moving past number four at the Colts, that he wants a first round pick swap this year, a second round pick this year, and then your first round pick the next two years. So if teams, based on what Rich Eisen said, there are at least a couple teams that are willing to meet that. And then so now they're just hammering out the details and he's deciding which team he's going to make it with, possibly asking for one more pick, you know, or a player. Okay, so we can say with certainty now that Ryan Poles is clearly leaning toward trading that pick and, and moving down. That based on everything he said, he said it himself in his Peter King interview. He said <laughs> that it's over fifty percent that the pick will be traded by the time free agency starts. Wow! So to me, that says they've already made the decision. They're already talking closely with one or two teams at least and figuring out the details of this trade. And but it's already they've already decided they're moving it. In my opinion. Wow, you heard it there, folks. Swift, a Swifty of the Swift Sports Network, believes from what he's hearing that that Bears number one pick could be moved by the start of the free agent season next week. Wow, um, a lot to digest there. Um, obviously, from your standpoint, Swifty, we know how many holes this roster has. Um, is that really the best play for for Ryan right now to get this team as 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 close to being a winning program, a football team, as possible next year? Oh, yeah. I think if he can get a deal like that, I mean, that's a dream. And if there's more than one team that agreed to those parameters, I mean, there's still a chance it's smoke. But when there's so many reports and you hear it from the GM's mouth in his own press conference and then in an interview with Peter King as well, that's twice now he said that there's a good chance the pick will be moved by the time free agency starts. That's that's five days from now. So that tells me that they've already decided. And he, he made another good point as he said, the way they scout, the combine is more about medicals. Like they're not there. Someone running a fast 40 isn't going to compl- move them up their draft board. They do their evals based on tape. Like obviously they're there for medicals and measurements. So looks like their board is pretty set and he has his bucket of players and he knows where he wants to move back to. I just I'm anxious to see where it is and what we get for it. If he if that's what he actually gets though, that's by far the best move that we could make. I mean, I've been a Bears fan my whole life. We've never had multiple first round picks in two straight years. Like having that, we'd have two second rounders this year and a first, and then as well as two fourths and two fifths. Then we'd have two firsts the next two years. Like that'd be historic move, and we need it. I mean. This franchise is in need of some good luck. So I, I couldn't be happier if that's the deal that gets pulled off. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, fellas, please feel free to chime in. Um, Swifty, you mentioned it. We're five days away from the opening of free agent, uh, uh, free agent signing period. Um, right now, can you kind of take us through the Bears' top three free agent targets for the free agency? Mm. Um, if I if I was Ryan Poles, the guy I, guys I would target, um, the two positions first off, I would be you want to get that three tech spot. Um, Deron Payne got tagged, so my top target would be Draymond Jones uh, from the Broncos. He plays defensive end for the Broncos, but he
but he's he's like six uh four two eighty. He's a perfect fit for a three tech for Eberflus. And then I'd want to shore up the right tackle spot. So I'd want one of the other two guys to be either Jawan Taylor, the right tackle for the Jaguars, or Caleb McGarry, the right tackle for the Falcons. Both those guys, I mean, they would immediately upgrade this offensive line. Um, a lot of people talk about Orlando Pace, or not Orlando Pace, Orlando Brown. Right. Um, he's the bigger name, but I, I don't know if he's worth it. He gave up more pressures than any of those guys. He gave up more pressures than anyone in the league, including Braxton uh, Braxton Jones, our rookie left tackle. And he wants to play on the left side. To me, you let Braxton develop on the left side, you bring in a right tackle, and then you draft a center. And that would be that that would be my key to free agency. And then you want that defensive tackle. You probably want to sign at least one defensive end as well because we we need a whole new a lot of help in that front seven on defense. I'm glad you brought up the guy from uh, Jackson. That was that was the guy I'm, I want too. The uh, guy from, the, from Jacksonville. You know, I want to take you back to the combine for a second because I feel like this year is such an interesting year when it comes to quarterbacks um, because I don't think there's one. Guy, I mean, there's they're, they're, they they had some good showings at the combine, but I don't think there's one that that maybe is is better than the others. Um, everything that I keep reading, but I also think there's a mixture of the veteran quarterbacks for free agency as well is going to have a major effect on this too. Um, like, uh, where's Garoppolo going to go? Is Aaron Rodgers going to get traded? Derek Carr already fell already. So, do you think that could affect anything at all when it comes to the Bears trying to trade down their picks? Or we just got to see how free agency plays out with especially with the start of the quarterbacks in this year's free agents. I think the biggest thing with free agency was the Lamar news. Like Mm -hmm. Lamar could obviously change some teams. Um, If a team wants to go after Lamar, that, that could change it because both of those same with trading up for the first round pick and, and acquiring Lamar, you got to give up multiple first round picks, but with Lamar, you got to pay him too. I think most teams probably won't want to get involved in the Lamar drama. Because a you gotta meet his contract demands, you gotta want to give him all that guaranteed money, and then also b the Ravens can match the offer. Yeah. So if that happens, you just wasted your time, missed out on other guys, and you wrote the contract for the Ravens is all you really mm-hmm. did. So uh, there's obvious. I think a couple teams will be interested. There's rumors the Panthers might, and that's a team I really think could be interested in trading up for number one. They want to make a move at quarterback for sure, whether it's Lamar or trading up for number one. Like David Tepper wants to make a move. Like you could see that I mean, he was at the combine. He had a press conference. Like he wants to get up there, and he's he's like a billionaire. Like a guy like that, he gets what he wants. Like they're gonna they're gonna make a move. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, hey, Swifty, if we could take you to the backfield, my friend, um, has a clear-cut plan for the Bears' 2023 backfield already being written, or is this going to be a work in progress that might not be finished till after the draft? Um, I think it looks like all the, all the reports out of Indy where it looks like Monty's going to be a free agent, David Montgomery. Um, the big running backs all got franchise-tagged, Pollard, uh, Jacobs, and Saquon. To me, this is a really, really good and deep running back draft class. Um, You could probably get a guy that could be a starter on most teams in the fourth or fifth round, especially in the third. If you're taking a guy in the third round, you're going to get a really good running back. So I think they pair that guy with Khalil Herbert. 
Herbert was much more productive than Monty last year anyway. So, I mean, you got Khalil <laughs> Herbert still under contract for two years. You're going to bring him back. He's going to be part of it. But you need two backs. They don't really have that second back on the roster. I do like Darrington Evans a little bit if they bring him back, though. But it, it's a deep draft class. I expect them to draft somebody. I don't think he spends money in free agency unless it's like a one-year deal on that's the only thing that's kind of a wild card. There's so many running backs. Like you got Miles Sanders to Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Demo. There's just so many guys out there. You can go 10 to 12 deep. He could sign one of those guys to like a one-year, you know, $2 million deal or something, and then boom, and then draft a guy. And then then you got three running backs. So there's that's one of the things that he said it himself. There's just – they have so many options this offseason with all this cap space the number one pick. I definitely expect the running back to be added in the draft, though. Was there any offensive linemen that stood? Because everything, I, the, a lot of the, the mock drafts that I keep reading here, a lot of offensive linemen projected here in the first round. I was reading that the Titans probably going to be going after offensive line. The New England Patriots um, slotted for an offensive lineman. Was there anybody that stood out to you? Um, the center, John Michael Schmitz, uh, I really like him. And then there's a guard that's probably a second-round prospect that – Another guy that was connected to Getze at the Senior Bowl was Steve Avila from TCU. Uh, he's like a bigger, uh, hulky or kind of guy who doesn't look like he can be very athletic, but he looked really his his agility in the drills and he <coughs> moved on his forty. Like he doesn't look like a guy that's going to be that athletic, but that'll definitely sell polls on him. And I think he's a guy that stands out. If he's there in the second round, he can play guard. He can play center. He proved that. He did it against Georgia in the national championship. He played well. So he's a guy who I think they'll really like and should do well. Friends, we are talking with Swifty of the Swift Sports Network right here on Monsters of the Madhouse, brought to you by TC's World of Wonders, Serendipity Ice Cream Parlor, and Budget Cars. Uh, Swifty, you know, uh, you look at the amount of free agents, Bears free agents that we still have out there. Um, uh, we have a, a viewer asking, is there anyone out there that we have not already locked up that you still see as being part of this team's plans for 2023? Yeah, there's not a lot out there, but one guy that I continually have thought they're, they're going to bring back is Nikhil Harry. I mean, yeah. he spent so much time learning the system and didn't really get to produce on the field that I think they're going to at least sign him back for one more year instead of him going somewhere else and learning another system like, Poles did like him enough to trade a draft pick for him. It was a future seventh rounder, so it's not a lot. But I, I think Nikhil Harry showed enough. They need to bring him back. Uh, Nicholas Morrow could be back. Um, I actually just got an update, like as I was joining the show, that they re-signed Kari Blassing game. So he's back. We got our fullback. Okay. Um, other than that, I don't see a lot. Maybe Armand Watts at defensive tackle. But we don't have a ton of free. Oh, and DeAndre Houston Carson, the safety, he should be back. That was good. What do you think of this year? Uh, tight end, the tight end position. I was talking to Kellen Davis uh, a little while ago. He was saying that it, it would be a good, healthy move to either draft somebody or bring somebody into free agency to to you know give some sort of uh, kind of. Um, you know, competition between, you know, that person and Cole Komet. Do you feel like that would be either out of the draft or the free agency? What, what do you think? Um, either one. It's a, it's also a really good um, tight end draft as well. 
Um, there's possibility you can get a really good tight end in the second, third, fourth round as well, fifth even. But we do – I like Cole Komet a lot. Um, Trevin Wesco came on a little bit last year as a blocker, but we do need some – we do need more help at tight end other than Cole Komet. We need another guy who can come out there and help. So I expect the tight end to be added. Ryan Poles tried last year. I mean, he brought in two veteran tight ends, uh, Ryan Griffin and then – I forget the other guy's name. He was out of ISU, sloshing something. Uh, but he got cut, and Ryan Griffin just never really did much. So it's a it's a position that he wants to address, and I think he will bring someone in for sure. How do you table all the excitement that you get when you're looking at everybody's highlight reels? Because when I was looking at Kellen, Michigan State, man, and catching the balls and stuff, he's all ripped to shreds and stuff. I'm like, this guy's not going fifth round, man. I'm talking – first second let's go you know like how do you t- how do you like just chill out when you're watching everybody's highlight rules all these videos and stuff you know like it, it, you know what i'm saying because like when you see a guy that that is that you thought would be much sooner than that i mean obviously i prefer tight ends because i played offensive line you know but like whatever your your favorite position is and you're watching all these videos like how, how do you like you know how come like that passed my eye test, but then when they get out on the field, they don't look like they did in the combine or all the videos that you watch. You know what I mean? The, the highlight reels, you know? Uh, the key to that, I mean, that's what that's what highlight tapes are built to do. I mean, they're built to hype you up. They're, they're hype videos. And, I mean, right. it, especially it, guys that get drafted in the NFL, a lot of, like, casual fans will say, oh, if a guy went in the fifth round or sixth round, he sucks. I mean – Kellen Davis right here, prime example. All these guys getting drafted are so talented, and a lot of things sometimes comes down to fit, how much the team involves you and uses you. But almost all these guys can play in the NFL, and then they got to stay healthy. But the fifth and sixth rounders are also very talented. Um, But the key is, I mean, when you watch tape, I mean, it's obviously they're not making those highlight plays on tape every time. But you want to watch tape and see what a guy does when he's not getting the ball or when the team is down or when the ball is getting thrown another direction or when they're running the ball, is he, is he blocking? Is he, is he helping his teammates succeed? And that's, that's when, that's when you really get hyped about a guy. And that's, that's one of the things I remember watching Justin Fields tape and he's, he's chucking 60 yards downfield to help a running back, just running downfield blocking guys as a quarterback. And you're like, Oh my God, like I love this guy. Like, that that's when you really get hype. But yeah, those hype tapes, man. I mean, I've seen Kellen Davis's tapes. They're they're great. I mean, Kellen Davis greatness defined by you, Willie. That's for sure. Hey, uh, fellas, uh, really quickly, um, there was a great uh, documentary NBC Sports Chicago uh, aired last week called Bear Down and Out, Chicago's Team Moves to the Suburbs. Um, it really detailed an extent how the relationship between the Bears and the mayor's office in the city of Chicago, the Chicago Park District, has deteriorated to the point where the city went months without before responding to the Bears' request for a Soldier Field sports book and the critical need of repairs for the stadium. Um, I tell you what, if I could start off with you, Swifty, uh, get your thoughts on this. How did this relationship fall apart, like Brad and Angelina? And are we so late in the game right now that – Nothing can be due to save it. I mean, is the really the stand written in stone that the Bears will be in Arlington Heights when that lease expires at Soldier Field in 2023? 
2026. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Once Kevin Warren was hired, I believe that was like the final nail on the coffin for um, the Bears staying at Soldier Field. I mean, he was brought in specifically, in my opinion, to do that. He is going to oversee football operations as well, which is a change for the Bears and their hierarchy. I like it. He's a very experienced guy and a guy who actually has the resume that he could be the NFL commissioner 10 years from now, you know, 15 years from now. He's a guy with a lot of a lot. He brings in a lot of authority and power, respect, and he got the Minnesota Vikings stadium built faster than anyone thought it ever would up there. And that place, if you've never seen that stadium, that's one where if you want to go to a stadium that's not too far away, that place is nice. So that's one of the best stadiums I've ever been to. That to, to your point right there, I said that we talked about that on here one time. I was like, that's one of the top three out of any sport I've ever been to. One of the best stadiums I've ever been to. And they don't just plan to build a stadium. I mean, if you look at the proposal, they got a whole like park district built around the stadium that just it looks like it's going to be magnificent. I I, I want to go there. I mean. <laughs> Hey, Kellen, you played at Soldier Field for five years. You've seen the, the, the you know, the field conditions. They can be great one week and just, you know, terrible the next. From a player's perspective, how urgent do you think is it for the Bears to make a move from Soldier Field? Just for, just for their players to not only to, uh, you know, uh, you know, not to compete at the best of their abilities, but just from a safety standpoint, is a, is a move from Soldier Field necessary for the Bears from a player's perspective? I mean, yeah. I mean, the the they don't really take care of the field all too well. And you're saying that you're saying the field's good. It might be week one. <laughs> um, when it's week thirteen, week fourteen, no, it's bad. It's really bad. The only only field I've ever played on that was worse was uh, Heinz Field out over in Pittsburgh. I remember I, I went to think uh cut an out and uh, stepped on a turf and it, it like rolled up like like a roll. <laughs> On the field, it's weird. And uh, but yeah, Soldier Field, man. Like in the middle of the season, you're throwing in like the super long spikes. If you if you're playing if you're playing for Chicago, you know what to expect when you get out there. So you're throwing in the extra long spikes real early in the season, you know. And then I remember we had a playoff game, and the field was frozen, like the grass was frozen. I I can't remember how it happened, but it was literally frozen. It sounded like you're walking on plywood. But I mean, from from a just from a business standpoint, you know, the yeah. Bears don't own the field. It's owned by the city. Like we would have, I remember there were times we'd have like a concert out on the middle of the field on Saturday, and we play on Sunday Sunday afternoon. And yeah. but it, the Bears don't own on the field. So you know, as far as business goes, like, do you want to keep leasing or do you want to own your own crap? You know, like that's pretty simple. Yeah, dead on. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Swifty, you talk about that. The, the planes look amazing, you know, an entertainment district, state of the art dome stadium. Um, but the thing about it, though, is, you know, financing. And that's going to be, I think, the big the big news story that's going to play out over the next year is how do they finance with this without public money? We know that's non-starter uh, for Governor Pritzker. And it's just, you know, public funded stadiums just don't get made, you know, are very hard to put through. Um, can the McCaskey family, from everything you've heard, particularly with, with Kevin Warren's, his pedigree and his ability to network, can they get the financing in place to keep this on a fast track? 
I hope so. I mean, I think that's why Kevin Warren was brought in. He got it. I, he, I think they had similar concerns up in Minnesota, but I mean, that's his specialty. So if he can't get it done, I don't know if anybody can. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. Like you say, he has the resume to uh, to make that happen. Let's let's hope it does. Uh, uh, it's 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 a fascinating documentary. If everyone uh, hasn't had a chance to see it yet, guys, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, Bear down and out. Uh, Chicago's team moves to uh, the suburbs. Uh, we are talking with Swifty, uh, our 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 great friends uh, from Swifties, the Swifty Sports Network. Uh, hey, Swifty, can we take you around the the NFL? If you've got a few, do you have a few minutes still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Absolutely, yeah. Let's go and take a quick blitz around the biggest stories in the NFL this week. And uh, it starts with that wacky cheese Sith Lord uh, from uh, from up yonder, who seems like he's deep in discussions now with the New York Jets. Um, if I could get your, if you had to call it today, does A-Rod, does A-Rods take the most tired ego show in all of pro sports to the Jets? And will they both continue their non-Super Bowl ways together in a holy football match moment? I, I, I mean, I do think there's some, when there's smoke, there's fire. I think there's definitely a chance with the Jets. But, I mean, I, I've said it all along, like every year, until Rodgers is gone, I'm not going to believe it. So until I see a trade actually happen, I plan on him being in Green Bay. And with how much I think the Bears can improve this year after free agency and if Poles knocks this draft out of the park and how much I expect Fields to improve, I want Rodgers to stay here so we can beat him selfishly. But I also just don't want the Packers to get, you know, I don't want them to clean house from somebody and get a bunch of picks for a 40-year-old quarterback. Like, none of us want that. So I hope he stays and just lets him – makes Jordan Love just sit on the bench longer selfishly, but that means he'll probably end up getting traded now. <laughs> yeah, you never know with uh, with, with A-Rods there. Uh, hey, uh, you were at the, the Combine. I know you, you would talk with a lot of people about this. I know it was a, a, a big-time water cooler um, subject. Um, did did, did Jalen Carter do enough in the Combine and maybe with his kind of public relations uh, work to, to keep his spot in the top 10 and kind of overcome these legal issues he's having? I think that's all still up in the air. I think it oh. comes down to how the legal process plays out. It seemed like no GM wanted to talk about it. Um, it was not discussed in any interviews or any press conferences. They're like, no, we're not going to touch that one. It's an ongoing legal process. Apparently, it should play out um, before the draft. And he interviewed with all 32 teams, I believe. So, I mean, he told him he told them his side of the story. Whether or not they now think he has immaturity issues or I don't think it hurts his draft stock as much as people think. Like, he's not falling out of the top 10. I think if he somehow fell all the way to the ten, number 10, like, the Eagles would just take him. Like, yeah. the rich would get richer, and I don't want that. I, I don't want him to go to the Lions either, but – He's still one of the top three players in the draft, easy. Like, he's that good. I mean, he was a 19-year-old kid who was drag racing, but he wasn't – I mean, he was racing someone. But as long as no details come out that he did anything that would connect him, you know, for a serious crime that nobody wants to get into, you know. Right now, it's just he has a couple misdemeanors, which, I mean, slap on the wrist. You don't – I mean – 
it's it just a kid. Everybody makes mistakes, so you don't want to beat him up too much for that. So he'll probably still go in the top five. Let's go. I think it's more likely now quarterbacks go top four, you know, one, two, three, four, and then he goes, you know, five to nine somewhere in there. Was there a uh, when we when we start looking ahead to free agency here? Was there a cap casualty that surprised you a name or two from? Over the past couple of days, that surprised you that's going to be out there now? Um, I think it was kind of expected, but it still kind of surprised me, was uh, the Chiefs' Frank Clark. I mean, he's just such a good pass rusher and has done so well for them in the playoffs. Um, he's only He just turned 29. He's still young enough to get a good payday. Uh, he's always performed better in the playoffs than he does the regular season, which most teams are going to like that. I mean, hey, you turn it on in the playoffs and help our team – put pressure on the other quarterback but he's a talented pass rusher that i don't think he'll break the bank i think it depends on if he wants to come to the bears you know i mean a lot of those guys they're just going to want to go play for a contender so polls would have to convince him hey we got a chance to contend from uh from the bears backup quarterback perspective uh swifty going forward to next year has a decision been made on that, whether they would entertain maybe getting one of the one of the proven starting quarterbacks who would be available at a backup right on the free agent market? Or is that kind of still up there? Or are they preparing to roll with Nathan Peterman? Nathan again. Um I believe Simeon's still under contract for one year. I thought we signed him for a two year deal. Um most likely they'll roll with him. I could see him. I could see him drafting a quarterback in like the sixth or seventh round. I don't see him adding another veteran quarterback, though. Okay. And speaking of one of the guys who will be out there, Carson Wentz, who's just been served divorce papers from his team for the third time in Ooh. three seasons, making him the NFL's version of Ross Geller. Um, does he does he start anywhere next year, or is he is he out of chances now to be a starting quarterback in this league? I think if he if he gets if he starts again, it's gonna have to be from injury or you know something like I don't I don't know if he gets start starter money this year. He he's gonna have to beat somebody out for that to happen. All right, well, hey, Swifty, uh, let's put you on the spot. This is the big question. We saved it for last. You're the man in the know. You're the man who has predicted the the, the Bears' future in a number of situations. If you had to call it today. Where, what number do the Bears draft at in the first round, and what player do they take? Knowing what we know today, if you had a call today, who would be the Bears Um, I would say they trade down to number nine with the Panthers. If I had to pick a player, um, I think Tyree Wilson's a good fit there, but I'll, I'll go with a sleeper and say uh, Elijah Cansey, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. Yeah. That would uh, that would fill the need for sure. He's definitely talented. Um, hey, fellas, before we wrap up with Swifty, anybody have any questions uh, 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 for Swifty before we call the night? That guy from Pittsburgh, isn't he? Uh, aren't they saying he's kind of like a to Tommy, uh, like a Tommy type player? You know, like the as far as uh, defensive tackle goes, uh, size gets, and whatnot. Yeah, he compares really favorably to Aaron Donald. Like um, he's coming from the same school. Um, his 40 time, his three cone, his agility, his size, his weight. He's also being mentored by Aaron Donald. He took him under his wing because uh, he went to the same school. So he's drawn a lot of Aaron Donald comps right now. Obviously, Aaron Donald's a he's a one of a kind guy. So 
you can't really say, oh, he's the next Aaron Donald. There's not going to be a next Aaron Donald, but he has that first step quickness that an undersized defensive tackle needs to succeed in the NFL. And he was a mid first round guy. There's definitely a chance he goes in top 10 now. He just, he killed the combine. I mean, he ran the fastest 40 time for a guy his size ever. So really? Yeah. Well, was there, was there something at the combine too? You were in Indianapolis for a couple of days when you were there over the span of maybe one day or three days where you're thinking to yourself, man, I just wasn't expecting that. Whether you're, you're trying to cover something or something that came up that you weren't expecting when, when you were there. Um, I mean, I didn't expect the Lamar news, but that didn't come up until I got back. Um, that, that was a talk of a lot of it though, is there was a lot of rumors there the whole time that, Lamar and the Ra- the Lamar and the Ravens situation was just kind of ugly. The things weren't going right with them. Um, a guy that really kind of, I mean, obviously Anthony Richardson stole the show. I always knew he was going to be kind of a freak athletically, though. I mean, he 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 puts on a show. He he was a buzz though. The fact that teams are now, it seems like the buzz from a lot of GMs is he has completely jumped Will Levis. Like he's up there in the top three now, and Will Levis might have to settle for being that fourth quarterback. And there's actually, I mean, if you look at sports books, odds and everything, like he's right there with CJ Stroud and Bryce young with the odds to go number one overall. So I knew he was going to be really good at the combine. I knew he was going to put on a show, but I didn't expect it to up his draft stock that much for a guy who he didn't have the college career that Cam Newton did or Lamar Jackson, like Cam Newton was a one year guy. Lamar did it for three years and was dominant, and he fell all the way to the end of the first round. Cam Newton came out and did it for one year, but he had a much better year than um, what Anthony Richardson put together this year. So it's just if he actually goes in the top three, that's just that's a huge surprise to me. Yeah, yeah, and if those backup what Swifties talked about, Richardson put uh, tore off a four point four three forty at the combine. And a 40.5 inch vertical. Wow. Um, definitely raising his profile. Swifty, we can't thank you enough. You are everywhere when it comes to the, uh, covering the Bears for your viewers. Can you uh, really briefly tell people where, where can they uh, check you out? Where are you at? Where, where people can, who aren't following you yet, who aren't subscribing, can join in? Um, just Swift Sports Network on YouTube. Um, that's where most of my main stuff comes from. I do daily videos and coverage of Chicago Bears, break down every move, draft pick, game, everything. So you can find me there. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Kellen, honor to talk to you as well, man. Yeah, I remember seeing man. you back in training camp. I was I used to I was at training camp every every summer for like twenty two straight years until COVID hit. So it was it was always I remember I remember shaking Kellen's hand and getting his autograph, but I think you had probably one of the bigger hands that ever shook my hand. I remember the first one that got me was John Tate. I don't, I don't know if you were on, were you on the team with John Tate? Yeah. Uh, man, his hand was like, he just engulfed me, man. That was a big guy, but I love John Tate. That's what's up, man. I appreciate, I appreciate all the real fans. Yeah, for real, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It was a blast. You guys were fun to talk to for real. It was our pleasure, Swifty. Thanks, Thank man. you Appreciate so it. much. That's Swifty of the Swift Sports Network. And don't forget, folks, Swifty with his 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 thoughts, his people are telling him that Ryan Poles 
will trade the Bears' number one pick, everything he's hearing, everything he's seeing, by the start of free agency next week. Uh, we cannot thank you enough, guys. It's an honor and privilege, as always. Our good friend, the Bears, former Bears star, Kellen Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cooper, the great American football fan. Listen to him on Q103.1 in Louisville. The executive producer, creator of Monsters of the Madhouse in Chicago. Brand Tracks Hyatt's. We cannot thank you all enough for people who make it happen. TC's World of Wonders, Serendipity Ice Cream Parlor, Budget Jet Cars, all making this great podcast happen. Don't forget, folks, next week, 7.30, be there or be square. We'll have Kurt Bloom from the White Sox along with our White Sox insider, Caleb Jacobs, as we will break down uh, the uh, Sox on the eve of the 2023 season. Gentlemen, guys, it's been an honor and privilege. Good night, everybody. Have a good one. Keep bearing down. We'll see you next Wednesday, folks, 7.30, right here on Monsters of the Madhouse. Man, if you're low, you can still go Even when you feel slow, you can still go Even when there's no hope, you can still go I never answered a no, man, I still go Go, 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 go